Hello and welcome to the Road to the Garden podcast. I am Matt St. Jean here with Chris the Dinga, our Creighton writer. Tommy is uh, in the health and safety protocols. So Chris is uh, stepping up to fill that role. And we're going we're gonna to preview the Creighton Blue Jays today. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me on. It's uh, a pleasure to, to hop on and, and talk about maybe the most hyped Creighton team in, in the history of the program. I, I dare say the most high in number nine in the AP poll coming into this season, high expectations in Omaha for a team last year. That was a, a good team. I don't know if they were a great team last mm-hmm. year, 12 and seven good for fourth in the big East 23 and 12 on the season. And I think it's the way things came together at the end of the year that has got some people excited. The Marquette in the big East tournament, they demolish Providence and then almost beat Villanova in the championship game really hung with them for most of that they beat San Diego State in the first round of the tournament and they had one of the more competitive games against the eventual national champion Kansas in the second round before losing that was with no Ryan Kochbrenner that was with Ryan Nemhard getting hurt at the end of the season and the real the real story here for Creighton is that just about everybody's back are losing Ryan Hawkins and Alex O'Connell, who were big players for them last year. But the starting lineup for these five guys were here last year. Three of them are rising sophomores and who were guys who got honors last year. Ryan Kolkbrenner, back at the center, defensive player of the year last year. And then you inject probably the most hyped transfer of this cycle. Our yep. preseason transfer of the year, Baylor Shireman from uh, South Dakota State. They also add Francisco Farabello from TCU, who I, I think is kind of an underhyped aspect of all of this. He's a pretty decent player there. And a trio of freshmen coming in, Ben Schultzberg, Frederick King, Jason Green. That starting lineup, Ryan Nemhard, Trey Alexander, Baylor Shireman, Arthur Kluma, Ryan Kalkbrenner. That's probably going to be the group for Creighton. They're going to get most of the minutes here this season. So Chris, what are your first thoughts on this, this lineup for this season? Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating because Creighton last year for almost the whole season was a sub-50 Ken Palm team. They were not, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, fantastic. Um, and then they had they put it together at the end of the year and obviously had a, a pretty good showing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, had they just got their doors blown off by Kansas, I don't think this is a number nine team in the country. It's probably more viewed as a number 20 team. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you are if you are betting on Creighton, you think that the three sophomores, so Nemhard, Kaluma, and Trey Alexander, will have a huge freshman to sophomore jump, and that's that's fair to speculate. Um, the biggest thing for Creighton, losing O'Connell and Hawkins. Um, sure, they averaged I think twenty five points and thirteen rebounds combined, but you lose the leadership, and I think Greg McDermott and the staff did a great job of replacing that with Shireman and Francisco Farabello. Both are great floor spacers as well. Farabello was like the only floor spacer at TCU and he really mm-hmm. things up for their team and uh, their interior presence. And then Shireman obviously shot 47% from three last year. Uh, he played two games against great, like really good teams, uh, 18 and 10 against Providence and then 18 rebounds and 10 points against Alabama. So he showed he could do it on a big stage. And so I'm curious how that translates every day. Yeah, that's probably the most interesting storyline with this team is how Shireman's going to fit in. And you look at just some of the totals for this team last year, you got a couple of good three-point shooters and Farabello and Shireman coming in. The rest of this team, not very good at shooting the three ball last year. 
which is something uncharacteristic of what Greg McDermott usually has out there in Omaha. Do you think these guys coming in are going to be able to turn that around? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's weird. Last year, yeah, Creighton not being a dynamic three-point shooting offense was different. Uh, but one thing that Greg always harps on, like every post game, it seems like, uh, is Arthur Kaluma is a good three-point shooter. Yes, he he's a good perimeter shooter. Um, and he showed it against Kansas and against San Diego State. I don't think um, his numbers from last year are, accu- are an accurate representation of his actual shooting ability. Um, and then, yeah, adding Shireman, Farabello, and a couple of the freshmen, and even shoot, uh, John Christophilus off the bench can shoot it a little bit too. So I think the shooting woes um, will be answered. And then this team was a top 20 defense. Uh, I think uh, that kind of gets lost in the fold. This team is a, a very good defensive squad. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I remember firsthand being at the Big East tournament, watching what they did to Providence, and the way they shut down Nate Watson, the paint defense is where they were so good last year. And I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Obviously, Kalk Brenner was defensive player of the year. He is a preseason first team guy. Kaluma is a guy who's preseason second team. Nemhard was the freshman of the year last year, and now he's preseason second team. So that's the core. Um, then you also add Trey Alexander, who isn't getting talked about that much into that mix. These guys hit their ceiling. This team can be really, really good. Where did you put Creighton in your preseason rankings? I put Creighton at the top, number one. Um, and the biggest thing, and I think we're seeing it with the Hall of Fame like watch list awards, uh, there's four people on Creighton that are on the watch lists, uh, every starter except for Trey Alexander. Uh, on the rest of the Big East, there's only four total people on, on uh, award watch lists. So this team is so balanced and there's so many options for scoring that I think, uh, yeah, it, it would be crazy to not put them at the top just based on talent. Well, you say that, and I was one of the three guys on our staff that uh, did not have them number one. Really, I had them number two really only because I think Villanova has a crazy amount of talent coming back. Guys that were recruited just as highly as some of these Creighton players and were just behind guys last year. And I, yeah. they have, I think Villanova has six guys who are freshmen or sophomores who were four-star recruits. And if one of these Creighton guys doesn't develop and maybe Shireman isn't able to adjust and be that guy at this level, then this is a Creighton team that, I mean, it's, they're a top two team in the big East, but they just might not be the team that actually wins it. They, maybe they, they lose an extra game somewhere in there. They can't get over the hump with Villanova. It's, oh, for sure. There's a, yeah. And Creighton should be, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about what success looks like for them. This team should be a tournament team with a couple wins under its belt, regardless of where they finish in the Big East. The talent is absolutely there for them. It's an exciting time in Omaha. And the first time they've ever been preseason number one in the conference. Yes. First time number one, first time uh, in the top 10 AP preseason poll. Um, another thing, Matt, that I think sets this Creighton team apart a little bit is the depth. Uh, you go up and down their roster. We talked about the five starters. Uh, we haven't mentioned Sharif Mitchell yet, who on the Sweet 16 Creighton team two years ago, Sharif Mitchell played like significant minutes. We're talking mm-hmm. 15 minutes a game. He's a very solid defender. Um, Frederick King is a freshman that kind of fills the Keyshawn Fiesel role of last year, being able to back up Kalkbrenner and, and provide some quality time. And then uh, one final one, Mason Miller, uh, redshirt freshman. He's, he's put on 15, 20 pounds of muscle and he's a little bit more big East ready uh, body wise, but he's a sharpshooter and he can, he can create a little bit too. So I'm, I'm excited to see all the pieces come together. 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of names here that have high ceilings. That's for sure. What do you think is the biggest question for Creighton this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, <laughs> I talk about all the depth, uh, but this team is still pretty young. Um, everyone, you know, it, it's almost like people think that this team is very experienced. We're talking about maybe three of their most important players being sophomores. Um, and Nemhard only played, what, 20-something games. He's not, you know, he's not a guy that's been there for a couple seasons now. So you're still relying a lot on youth and uh, and Baylor Shireman, a guy who hasn't played um, at a Power 5 conference yet, Power 6 conference, I should say. Uh, but, yeah, so there, there's some question marks on sort of experience. Yeah, I think that's fair. And jumping off of that, my question here is just, are they better? This is a team that despite having some really high peaks last year, also had some really bad games. And like you said, they weren't Ken Palm. They were outside the Ken Palm top 50 for basically the entirety of the season. Um, <laughs> and they were they were at 77 on Ken Palm on February 12th. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, and then yeah. we're talking about them as a top 10 team. It's nuts. <laughs> exactly. And they and they lost two significant contributors. So this is, I mean, their development has to come from within. That's how this team is going to, really reach those expectations um and i'm optimistic that it happens but also you have to actually see it It, it's not a guarantee you see four-star players all the time that never actually reach their potential so the question is can they actually reach that because the other thing is this team can get significantly better and not like reach these expectations this can be a top 25 team all season long and not live up to the hype because people are really really talking them up this year and the amount of talent Oh, absolutely, Matt. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, we're gonna we want to look at the schedule here for anybody that's been uh, anybody that's been listening. You'll know this already, but we're gonna go through the, the Creighton schedule, pick out a couple games that really stand out, games you want to mark on your calendar, and, and make sure you sit back and watch them if you want to get to know Creighton this year. We're a week before opening tip now, which is crazy. Uh, I can't believe the season's already here. But Chris, I know we were talking about some games beforehand. I'll let you start off. What do you think is with the first game on your list for ones you're looking forward to? Yeah, sure. Uh, the number one game on my list is uh, at Texas on December 1st um, for a couple of reasons. One being that the the center there at Texas is Christian Bishop, who uh, who played some seasons at Creighton. And I know there's some Creighton fans that would uh, are, are looking forward to seeing uh, Creighton take on Mr. Bishop um, as well as Chris Beard's ha- Chris Beard has a lot of talent there. Uh, that'll be one of Creighton's first tests against really, really top tier talent. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I like that one. I'm really bummed that that isn't at Creighton. Just, I would love to see the crowd reaction with Christian Bishop there. Yeah. Uh, that'd be, that'd be a ton of fun. I'm going to go for my first one. I'm going back about a week before what you've got there. And I'm going to look at the the Maui Invitational that they're playing in. I'm a, this is kind of a cop-out that I'm putting a whole tournament in here as one. But this is this is leading up to Thanksgiving. So if you're looking, especially if it's slow at work, and you're looking for games to throw on that week, like this is, this is where you can find stuff. Their first game in this is against Texas Tech. You mentioned Chris Beard. <laughs> That's his old school there. It'll be a very physical team. In the second game, they could draw Arkansas, another very hyped team for this season, and a very physical one. And there's a whole bunch of teams they could get after that. It's a loaded field, Ohio State, San Diego State, Cincinnati, Arizona. They're pretty much guaranteed to get three really quality opponents here. 
And we're going to find out real quick, especially with the physicality that those teams bring, if these sophomores are up for the challenge, if that extra year in the weight room is really helping them out. But I think it just gets really good basketball games there too. Oh yeah. No, that tournament field is is stacked. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, Another one I'm really looking forward to is December 25th, Christmas day in Omaha, uh, taking on DePaul. Uh, I will be in attendance, um, sneaking away to watch a couple hours of college hoops. Uh, yeah, you don't always see Big East Christmas days. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one a lot as well. Yeah, I think the rumor on that one is that these were the only two teams willing to play on Christmas and the Big East <laughs> wanted to put a game there. So I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure what the thought process is behind putting a game on Christmas Day with the NBA already going on then. And you're going to have NFL stuff that day, it's Sunday. But hey, Big East basketball and Christmas, it's another thing to throw on the TV when you're trying to get away from the family. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I'll hit on two more real quick and then I'll turn it back to you. Um, UConn, you get Adama Sinogo versus Ryan Kalkbrenner should be one of the, one of the premier, um, big men matchups, not only in the big East, but in the country. Uh, those two games are on January 7th and then, um, February 11th. Those will be circled on my calendar for quite some time, but I'm, I'm looking forward to those. Yeah, that. That's going to be a fantastic matchup right there. That's going to be highly entertaining. I'm going to mention a couple games, a couple extra games here. I know we said we're only doing like three, but I'm going to do a couple extra Uh, here because there's some good ones. Um, They have a little tournament. It's not a tournament. It's not a multi-team event. It's just neutral site games against BYU and Arizona State out in Las Vegas in early December which you were saying this came together because of a court issue with volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. Creighton is uh, hosting a volleyball tournament at that time. And so uh, Greg McDermott just wanted to schedule some neutral site games and and, um, they played Arizona state and BYU last year. And so it just kind of came together to meet up in Vegas, but yeah, should be, it should be a fun one. Yeah. Two just good opponents there. And then, I'm going to mention the Valentine's Day game at Providence. This is going to be Providence's pink out game. The last time that Creighton was there was when the Friars hoisted the regular season trophy, winning the Big East. You got the, the crowd storming the court, and it was a blowout. That game was never particularly close. Obviously, Creighton got revenge like a week later, a week and a <laughs> half later, whatever that was, in the Big East tournament. This is the first time they're going back to that building that is now the amp, no longer the dunk. An injustice uh, in college basketball to not oh, yeah. no longer be uh, named the dunk. But yeah, one of, the, one of the great tragedies in the Big East this year is the changing of that name. But yeah, that should be a good one. Uh, and it's on Valentine's Day. So good luck making your plans for that game. But <laughs> it should be it should be a good one. <laughs> Yeah, Creighton plays on uh, essentially every holiday during the college basketball season. And I could not New Year's. be happier, yeah, except for New Year's. Yes, yeah, and and Thanksgiving. They don't have a Thanksgiving tournament. They play the week off. So, okay, you get Thanksgiving and New Year's. You do not get Christmas and Valentine's Day if you are a Creighton fan, um, or at least as a Creighton fan in a relationship. We'll see what happens on Valentine's Day <laughs> and the way that that plays into it. We're gonna wrap up here. One final question for you, Chris, and it's a simple one. For this season, the Creighton Blue Jays, what does success look like? Yeah, sure. You know, um, I've put a lot of thought into this uh, because expectations have truly never been higher. Um, I don't think you can have success with this team unless you make a Sweet 16 or further. Um, I think anything less than that would be 
truly um, a kind of a disappointment. Um, so I, I think Creighton has to make the second weekend uh, at the very least. Yeah, I'm fully in agreement there. And if you're if you're a preseason top 10 team, I think Sweet 16 is the absolute bar for success. You might even have your yeah. eyes a little bit higher than that. I mean, this is, you might be saying we should be going to the third weekend. You might be saying this is a final four type thing. But yeah, it's the expectations here for Creighton really don't have anything to do with the regular season. It's about postseason play. Although I will say, I think you could add on Big East regular season or tournament champions to that as part of that picture to what success is. Yeah, Creighton has lost a number of Big East championship games now. And, and I know Greg McDermott and, and this, especially this team who had a good chance to do it with this group of guys last year. Uh, they, that's a goal that they have in mind as well as winning that Big East tournament title. But uh, yeah, I am very much looking forward uh, to this season as a Creighton fan. It should be an entertaining one. Um, hopefully they live up to the hype. This could be one of the better Big East teams that we've had in a while as well. So yeah, this is, it's going to be an exciting year in Omaha. Make sure you check out Chris's piece on the site right now, previewing the team. We have a written one as well. He'll be going through all of that and, and breaking stuff down. So check that out. We're going to be back tomorrow with a preview of UConn, another, another very hyped team this year so you're going to want to stick around for that again we're a week away from the season starting so make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you're listening to this follow us on twitter at road to the garden that's at road to the garden with the number two in there um yeah and thanks for joining me chris thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next time